And do you have your list for tonight? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of watching or reading. Okay. Yeah, I'm good to go. You ready? Yes. Okay, you want to give me the uh, lead in anyway? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, you ready? Yep. Here, give me a second. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that can jump the shark and nuke the fridge in the same episode. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening, along with me as always, and he is back officially, <laughs> my brother Peter. Woohoo! <laughs> How's it going, everybody? <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, so you're finally back. Uh, yes. Mom and baby are doing well. You're doing good? Yep. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, how's, how's fatherhood so far? Oh, it's awesome. Okay, yeah. good. Um, I saw a family Snapchat of the picture of the kid with the Bane fa- face. Oh, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, the other day he was sleeping and he kind of fell asleep with his hand right on his face and it just looked, looked so like much Bane. like Bane from Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> so. What was really great about that is uh, uh, your wife... Posted the picture with a quote from with a quote from Bane, mm-hmm. and then I responded with the follow up quote, and then Mom said I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I thought that was really funny, um, but sometimes you don't have to. Right. Anyway, um, so since we're back, uh, we got to catch up. We have news to discuss. Uh, this is the first time listening to us. Um, we cover news, we cover a top five list at the end, but we always start off with a watching slash reading category. Mm-hmm. So, Peter, since you've had a lot of time off, what are you watching? What are you so, reading? So, yeah, I knew I was going to take a little bit of time off to uh, watch the baby and stuff when he came. And uh, so I asked um, our other brother, Sean, the only one who hasn't been on the show yet, uh, has a lot of the seasons of Game of Thrones on uh, DVD. So I was like, dude, can I borrow some Game of Thrones? And now you have to understand my wife... For years, like, because I've fallen behind on that show, and I've been trying for years to get my wife to watch it, and she just doesn't, she just hasn't want to, wanted to, like, the whole <laughs> medieval fantasy uh, genre, she's just not that into. So I was like, alright, well, I'm gonna borrow these DVDs, and I talked to, I talked to her, and I was like, just, let's just give it one episode, let's just try that out and see how it goes, and uh, we started watching the first episode, and she fell asleep halfway through, so I was like, okay... She doesn't like it, whatever, I'll just watch it on my own. So I kept watching the show, and halfway through the second episode, she woke up, and then she had questions, and she's like, wait, why is this person doing this? Why do you watch it without me? And she is actually hooked now. She just was tired during the first episode, and it's awesome. So we've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. We're uh, partway into the second season now, and uh, I'm just working on catching up slowly. Um, And this is not like... Not like you haven't wanted to watch it. This is like you just never had a chance, and now you're getting a chance kind to of. finally watch the show that's yeah. about to come to this like epic conclusion <laughs> that we're all waiting for. Yeah, kind of. It's also just like I when I fell behind, just the hype with it like kind of drove me nuts, and I avoided it too, and kind of like the hype's died down enough that I can come back to it and not feel... I don't know, something about watching stuff at the same time of everybody else. Like, I'm kind of a hipster, like, deep down in certain ways, or I'm like, well, I don't want to watch the same thing everybody else is, so. Um, we are, at the time of this recording, it is April 4th. We that are, gives me, like, eight days, we are I think. 10 days out. <laughs> yeah. We're 10 days out from, you know, the 
the, the premiere of the big season finale, and yeah. that's amazing. I I absolutely cannot wait. And we we've been we're almost six hundred days total since the last season ended. So it's just come on <laughs> for <laughs> so. sure. I will say. Um, I did when I first started watching the show. When it first came out, I was watching it week by week, and uh, this time watching it binging, like binging the series, I think is so much better. Like you can keep track of everything so much more easily, and actually, like everything hits you harder, and just like yeah, it's just the impact I think is greater when you actually binge it. This is where I'm gonna disagree with you on the binging. Is maybe if you're binging a season, sure, but because the countryside in the show is so vast. And you and so understanding the 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 distance from King's Landing to the Wall takes so much time mm-hmm. that when characters are moving between areas, if you leave a season, so a season finale, a character is on their way somewhere, and then the opening of the next season, they're arriving in that location. You've spent all this downtime personally yeah. in your own life waiting <laughs> to see this person arrive at this That's... location. So, for example. There's a reunion. I do not want to say who, but there's at the um, in season six. There's a reunion between two characters that made me come to tears. Not only was the seat was that moment emotional, but there was a realization to me that those characters had not seen each other in six years, real time for me. Yeah. Do you know so, what I mean? Like, it's six seasons for them, but six years for me. Like, they I, haven't physically seen <laughs> each other. So there was an added weight to it. Like, I, oh, my God, you know. I agree with that. Um, I actually have a prob Like, so if I space out, like, six years that I'm actually going to enjoy a piece of media, like, I know that me personally, I'm going to have trouble keeping my interest up. And I, it's actually, like, a lot better for me to binge things. Oh, that's, and that's just, I, like, a personal thing. And that's, and that's a fair um, statement. I just noticed that with certain things. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, the 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 emotional weight because I've been waiting this yeah. long for this moment to happen. It's just It just had this really cool thing because I've gone back and binged the show. Yeah. And it didn't have the same weight to it because I felt like I had, like, like well, you just saw each other. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> you know? But then it's also... That you, it was the second time watching it for you. True, too, so. <laughs> but it just I was waiting for the moment, and then I was like, yeah. "Here it comes!" And then yes, it, it was still emotional, but the idea that I just saw these characters together, yeah, you know, I will say that uh, watching a show like this too, like life tends to get in the way where you can't watch it as much as you want, so. I'm still having to wait, like, days between episodes sometimes. And oh. So certain people are traveling places, and then it still does have that sort of travel by horseback delay of, like, oh, they're finally getting there? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> and then otherwise, uh, at work, I recently changed to a different position. I'm in a new office that uh, watches a lot of true crime documentaries and shows like all day long. (laughs) So I'm working at like my office job while listening to true crime stuff constantly. Um, But I wish I could sit and watch it up. (laughs) Uh, The highlight of that has been uh, the act on Hulu. Have you seen or watched this at all? Have you heard of it at Mm. all? Okay, so I'll give you a short run through and uh, recommend it, but I won't spoil anything. But it's the true story of uh it's really messed up so i don't know if you want to watch it but it's about this lady who um shelters her daughter by like making up a lot of diseases and illnesses and pretending that her daughter has those as she grows up so she can basically keep her inside the house keep her in a wheelchair pretend 
that she's sick, but there's really nothing wrong with the girl. And it's like how this plays out. But the thing is, it's based on a uh, true story. And it's one of those things that it's definitely not uplifting, but it's one of those things that once you start watching it, you just can't stop because of how intense it goes and stuff. And I think the series is really good. It's not for the faint of heart. It's definitely a mature audience, but I think it's it's really, really interesting so far. So Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have Hulu, so I, oh, will, fair enough. I eventually yeah. might check that out. Um, <laughs> Well, do you, do you watch any? Are you? Is it just Game of Thrones for you right now? Um, for the most part. I mean, I've watched tons of stuff since I, we've. Had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those yeah, are the so highlights those, for those me. Are highlights. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I watched. Um, I finished Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, I've said this before. I can't recommend that show enough. How it ended makes me really wonder how a season two is supposed to happen. But um, it was fantastic, and because we were at C two E two. Uh, last week, it was really funny to me to watch, to walk around the con and seeing the Umbrella Academy cosplay. Oh, okay, that nice. Stood out to me, maybe yeah. not to you because you're not watching Umbrella Academy yet. But the cosplay was awesome. Fair enough. Um, but the the show as a whole is amazing, and I look forward to the next season. Nice. Uh, with that being said, I also did watch a uh, movie called Molly's Game. Okay. Do you know what this is? I've seen Gerald's game. I don't know what Molly's game. Molly's but. game. Molly's game is uh, to, based on a true story about an ex-Olympic skier who was injured, taken out of the sport, and then found herself in a poker ring and like setting up actual like poker events and like making millions and millions and millions of dollars of money, and then got by mistake roped in with the mob, and then bad stuff happened. You know mm. what I mean? It was okay. It was really cool. But here's the thing. It's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. I am a massive Aaron Sorkin fan, so I was going to watch the movie regardless um, because I love his writing. And so, um, so forgive my ignorance because I recognize the name Aaron okay. Sorkin, but what would I know him from? You would probably so Aaron Sorkin. <coughs> uh, he's a screen. He's a playwright slash screenwriter. Uh, most people know him. He wrote uh, a few Good Men. Oh, okay. He wrote Social Network. Um, he so wrote, he does good things. He does basically. everything he touches is like really well written. If you want to see some long form Aaron Sorkin, which is absolutely phenomenal, is on HBO. There's a show called Newsroom, which I absolutely love. I've watched the show like three times through. It's probably one of I've said before that it is, in my opinion, the most important television show. I didn't say it's the best. I said important, and when you watch the show, you'll understand what I mean by that in terms of the society we live in today and understanding information and all that stuff. It is a very important show, but it's phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, but Aaron Sorkin just does great work. So nice. I wanted to watch Molly's Game. Molly's Game got a little uh, – it did get some negative reviews with critics, but I enjoyed it all the way through. What was, and it was, is it spoilery to know what the negative reviews were or – not really, and okay. I don't. Is really, it more of just a taste thing? Like I really it gets feel too it was, weird. Or I really something? no. I really feel like the negative reviews were kind of um, uh, unfair. Okay. And I don't know what they. It maybe like they expected something out of it, but I was like from the opening scene of the movie, I was with the movie. Nice. Like as soon as it started, like there's a the main character has a running monologue through the movie. So every now and then they'll cut, and like you'll hear her talking. And then while she's talking, you're seeing all the stuff on screen going. It's very, and and the way it happens, like from the from the very opening shot of the movie, I was in. 
And I'm like, this is going to be cool. And I was just in it for the ride. So um, it is not an action-packed movie by any means. It's about poker. So, nice. Um, is it, uh, when did this movie come out? I, uh, I would have to look it up. Oh, I didn't know if it was like something you could find at Redbox. No, it's recent. It was, either, it was either 2017 or 2018. But, okay. So it's fairly recent. Um, let me do a quick look. But I yeah, really, really like the this movie. One. Um Molly's game. Hang on a second. 2017. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye out. That sounds. That yeah, sounds quick awesome. Quick Google search. Um, but yeah. So that's what I watched. Those are the, at least the highlights that I've watched. Um, so you ready to talk some news? Because we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> okay. We'll try to get through it. Um, yes, yeah, so we have a lot to talk about. I'm gonna move through some of this quickly because um, we have f- four big things we need to discuss. Um, and they're at the top of my list, so we're going to save those for the end. All right. So I'm going to start from the bottom. The Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards happened. Now this I am was not a while ago. It was it? a while okay. ago, but you've been on baby <laughs> leave, and we haven't been, you know. Okay, yeah. So the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards happened, and I thought this was really interesting because I don't normally watch the Kids' Choice Awards. Okay, these are kids voting. It's what they like, so you can't go in expecting any legit critical reviews or anything like that. You just got to go, this is what people are like, and they're yeah. voting on whatever. What I thought was interesting was Riverdale, which I've recommended on this show before that people should check out, yeah. was voted Best TV Drama at the Kids' Choice Awards. I mean, why not? Kids should not be watching the show. <laughs> Congrats to Riverdale because it's fantastic, but I was yeah. actually, you know, so. Well, I mean, you remember when you were a kid, the, the stuff you wanted to watch is the stuff that the adults were watching, right? Right. So. Well, it's not a, I mean, adults don't want to watch the show, but because of content, kids kids should not to be watching the show. Yeah, I will say, I think you're it's right. It's like a, really weird middle ground. Of adults don't want to watch this show, but a lot of them get sucked into it, too. So, right. I mean. Right. But Riverdale's fantastic. So, Riverdale cast, if you're listening, or writers, whatever, you guys are doing a fantastic <laughs> job. Well done. Just stop with the musical episodes. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm not a fan of those. The but. first one I liked. The second one I was not a fan of. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> Uh, so, Star Wars, the Double Ds from Game of Thrones, the showrunners from Game of Thrones, David Benioff oh, and D.B. West. No. Oh, okay. Um, they are, go- it's been announced that they are going to write and write a star- a series of Star Wars movies. Officially, it'll be a trilogy. That has been announced. Yes. What I, the, the piece of news is that, so I personally, when I found out that they were going to work on a Star Wars project, I was like, oh, give them the Old Republic. Make yes, them do yeah. the Old Republic. There's no announcement, but it is rumored that that's what they're going to do. Okay. <laughs> so all I can say is this is a rumor <laughs> that they are going to do the Old Republic. And as I've said in the past, today's rumors are tomorrow's spoilers. <laughs> so uh, where, do you know where the rumor came from at all? No. Okay. So I, how about this? I saw it on one of it popped up on one of the sites that I traffic for news. When yeah. We talk stuff. And I thought it was worth mentioning because I was excited that I was like, ooh. You know, no, I mean, it'd, it'd be great, and obviously, I mean, I think they'd do a good job with it, so hopefully this right, is true. Right. I just didn't know if, like, certain sources for rumors, like if it's uh, Reddit or 4chan, it's like, take it with a grain of salt, but other places are more trustworthy, so I was just curious yeah. where it was coming from. Um, okay, so you are a member of the DC Universe app. Yeah. Okay. They have comic books you can read on the app. Yep. I remember when I said we were talking about... Marvel has their Marvel Unlimited app mm-hmm. where you there's a monthly fee. It's like what ten bucks a month, and then you can just read comic books unlimited. Okay, DC has their streaming service, their DC Universe app. 
you have the television shows and the movies and stuff you can view on the app, right? You can mm-hmm. just sit and watch whatever. And then on top of that, they have their exclusive shows so on, but they also have comic books that you can read. Now, it is a very select library. Uh, you know, it's like kind of some current stuff. You know, hey, uh, Teen Titans is really big on the show, so they have a lot of Teen Titans com- content to read through. Yeah. Um, it was Batman's 80th uh anniversary so there's a lot of batman content on there right now but i was i was expecting it to be like kind of a revolving door like hey these are some things you should read in terms of comic books mm-hmm. it has been announced now it's currently april as we're recording so at some point this month it has been announced that the entire dc comics library over the past 80 years will be available to read on the app this is great i actually <laughs> it shows me that i'm not, i'm like kind of uh... that is a legit for sure confirmation this is yeah. going to happen I'm a member of this service, and I haven't been following it super closely lately because I didn't even know about this. But this is so awesome! Like, if you, <laughs> you have go back- no idea how excited I am about this, because I've always said if DC does now, I don't want to say that uh, this is not me liking Marvel over DC because I like both. But in terms of reading the comics, I have always enjoyed reading DC more than I've enjoyed reading Marvel. <clears throat> okay, that's just how it is. I've always said that if DC does some kind of unlimited, I can read comic books app, I am all about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been waiting for it too since the Marvel Unlimited app, and uh, before this announcement, like there was a lot of comics on there. There was kind of like it was kind of one of those things where there was more comics than you probably could read, but not everything is going to necessarily appeal to your taste. Whether that's writing, artwork, right. or the heroes that are in, you know, the comics they featured. But if it's everything, like, that's a lot it's of stuff. The, like, the, that's amazing. The news article I found was it is the entire DC Comics mm-hmm. library. And I, I also... Now, it did say that the only thing that won't be on is everything within the past six months. So, like... Yeah. So, I like, mean, you're going to... So, if you started at Detective Comics number one and read all the way up to Detective Comics 1000, which just came out, the... The last six issues or whatever will not be there because they have to, it has to have, they want the book sales too. And I think that's okay because they, yeah, they need to keep selling their current product. But I mean, six months ago, that's like, honestly, like in the world of comic book publishing, that's not a lot of time. Like, no, it's not even guaranteed that there's six issues of your favorite comic came out in that time. A lot of times it's only like five, four, sometimes even three with the release (laughs) schedules for these things. So, I mean, I think that's like an awesome deal. Um, I'm really curious, do you know if it's including Vertigo and Wildstorm comics or is it That I don't. It just said the whole DC Comics Mm -hmm. library. That's all it said Um, in terms of Vertigo, Wildstorm, or, um, you know, any of those. I would, how about this, because Watchmen, because of the uh, Doomsday Clock story arc that's being worked on right now, because of that and including Watchmen in, I have a feeling that could eventually be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great. And characters like Swamp Thing and uh, uh, Constantine jump back and forth between DC and Vertigo. And and there's characters that, you know, there's characters, like, yes, I read a lot of Batman, Sure, but there are characters I've always, like, I don't know enough about that I would totally jump back in and go, oh, you yeah. know what, I can't I can't find this in the stores, but I have that available to me on this app. Yep. You know, because I still like physical copies of books and everything. So. I, lo- I love it, too, because uh, there might be a certain DC comic that you were really influenced by or you really liked, but it's not the kind of thing that they're going to collect into a trade paperback, and you just want to be able to read it, and this is, like... 
an awesome way to do yeah. it. Like, I really like some of the early 2000s Superman comics. Not a lot of those get collected, so I can find it on the app now. Or if you want to look up something random like Extreme Justice League from back in the 90s or something, you'll be able to right. find it on the app. So I love, yeah, I love right, this right. whole thing. So Yeah, no, this is fantastic news. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's talk uh, Disney for a second. So this also happened a while ago while you were on baby <laughs> leave, but I figured it was worth waiting for you to come back to talk about this. Okay. The Disney and Fox deal is officially done. It closed everything Disney owns Fox. I know a lot of people knew that. It hit the news, that kind of thing. This is the interesting part. Disney has to find a way to integrate X-Men into the Avengers universe, or the Marvel MCU, as we have to talk about yeah. it now. Um, they have specifically said, as of right now, so we have Dark Phoenix and New Mutants coming out this year. After that, there will be no discussion of X-Men until 2021. Okay. Probably because they have to look at the property and think to themselves, do we need to recast... Should we recast? Do we try and take the existing X-Men movies and incorporate them, or do we reboot the X-Men movies? So if you're an X-Men fan, this is kind of a this is a disappointing time, in my opinion, and an exciting time, because one, you have the X-Men movies that you love and cherish, which may or may not be incorporated in, or Disney reboots, and at least you know who all the characters are, so when Disney reboots, you're ready to go. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what the plan is, but they said X-Men, as it is... No X-Men after New Mutants, no X-Men until 2021. Okay. However, Deadpool will continue to move forward. <laughs> so whatever That's... plans that were in line for Deadpool, whether that be a third movie or an X-Force movie or whatever, yeah. that will still happen. And that's I guarantee that's because Deadpool is a moneymaker. That's true. But also, like, Deadpool is such a uh, it self-aware property that, like... You can watch it, and they can even make jokes about like the fact that that's the last piece of the X Men universe that still survives. Well, and it doesn't matter. Like De- it's Deadpool. Right. Deadpool you know? exists out. Deadpool technically exists outside of continuity, so you can make Deadpool do whatever you want, and it's completely, <laughs> completely irrelevant. Yeah, and I and they could even take uh, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool from those movies and bring it into the MCU. And he could still be the same self-aware, fourth-wall-breaking character, well, and it would work because it's Deadpool. I know, and not only that, if you really want to like make Deadpool really break fourth walls, is that Deadpool, ex- again, he's a non-continuity character. You can have Deadpool make an appearance in a Disney film in the background. Yeah. Like, just wave at the camera, and you won't think twice about it. Like, hey, that's Deadpool, and it's funny, <laughs> because why not? Right. You know, so... Could you imagine a Disney, the next Disney princess movie, and Deadpool like walks around in the background <laughs> and just waves at the camera? That'd be great. Like, that'd be yeah. hilarious. But that's you know. So I'd love to see uh, Deadpool as the na- like. I guess this is kind of going on with uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. But if Deadpool is the narrator of like a Disney princess movie or something like that, like he's at the beginning and he opens up a storybook and starts reading, and then it just goes into the movie. Yeah. I don't know, crazy yeah, idea that just popped in my head. But. Um, well, speaking of Deadpool, uh, April first happened. And so April Fool's Day, and if you read anything on the internet, it was probably false. Um, but when I was uh, poking on the internet, I did see a post that said Disney will be recasting Marvel. Sorry, Disney will be recasting Deadpool um, going forward. And it was a brief moment of panic, and then I realized it was April 1st. <laughs> yeah. So, haha, April Fool's, you almost got me. Yeah. Um, I did see, however, an April Fool's post that said Zac Efron will be the next Wolverine. And I laughed at that, and I was like, ha-ha. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's actually not bad. 
Um, I've seen podcasts for that. I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's actually not bad. So um, we'll see what happens with the X-Men. We'll be following that closely, and we'll give you updates as we go. But uh, I look forward to Dark Phoenix and New Mutants. So um, we'll see. Okay, we have to talk about one big thing, and then we're going to talk trailers. Okay. Um, so Avengers tickets are on sale. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? Uh, I've heard they're hard to get, maybe? Okay, (laughs) let me explain. So, Captain Marvel tickets went on sale two months in advance, okay? I bought Captain Marvel tickets the day they went on sale. I'm a weirdo. I have to buy my movie tickets right away. I don't mess around with movies I want to see. So I bought my Captain Marvel tickets the day they went on sale. My thinking was, oh, that means that Avengers tickets are going to go on sale two months in advance. This is Avengers Endgame. It'll be the biggest... Yeah. Of the Avengers movies, of the MCU, period. So, two months out, I start checking every single day for Avengers tickets. No tickets, no tickets, no tickets, no tickets, no tickets. And then, suddenly, on the website, there was, like, a uh, like a skew for it. But you couldn't buy them. It was just there. And then I was keep checking. Skew, no, no tickets, no tickets, no tickets. Suddenly, uh, two days ago, prior to this recording, tickets go on sale. I get a text from our... Uh, friend of the show, Bryn, tickets are on sale. I get excited. I can't get on the app to the theater I usually go to. I can't get to the website for the theater I get to theater I go to because it's crashing, 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 constant, all day long. I got out of work, drove to the theater, and went, screw this, I'm going to buy my ticket and physically buy my ticket as opposed to internet transfer. By the time I got to the theater, the, it, they'd been selling for six hours. The theater was 70% sold out for the weekend. Not just like yeah. opening day. The whole <laughs> weekend. Yeah. I was able to get my seat, my reserved seat. I was able to get a ticket for Sunday morning, so I can't have to see it Sunday morning. But I was blown away with the amount. And I'm like, and normally when I buy tickets early, um, I'm the only one buying a ticket. And I'm like, where? why do people suddenly know about this? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was just shocked that it went that fast. It's just the second half of the biggest movie <laughs> last year, I guess. Um, right. But the way, but the tickets for uh, Infinity War, I didn't buy my ticket for Infinity War until like three days before the show. And there were hardly any tickets sold <laughs> yeah. at the theater I usually go to. This is the day tickets go on sale for Endgame and the theater's almost sold I mean, I heard something like, and it might still be down, I heard like AMC's, just the AMC yeah. company's site was shut down for like yeah. four days or no, something. No, it's fantastic. So in six hours, Avengers Endgame pre-sales outsold Star Wars The Force Awakens pre-sales. And that's insane. That is insane. Star Wars The Force Awakens held the record for pre-sale ticket sales Avengers beat it out in six hours. That's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations to Disney. I mean, you own both properties, so congratulations either way. But congratulations to Disney. Congratulations to Marvel. This is fantastic. Good for you guys. Mm-hmm. I just really wanted to bring that up, tell that quick story. and No, I love it because it's going to feel like it's like this big uh, event of a movie that comes out. Force Awakens felt the same way, but this almost feels like supercharged from what that was. <laughs> oh, I like know. How much Holy cow! Now I will tickets. say, box box office dollars is going to be a real interesting pull for this movie, and I say that because Avengers Endgame has been clocked in at three hours and two minutes, so I have to show up with a catheter and not move for three hours. 
because uh, there's going to be 20 minutes of preview, so it's almost a four-hour movie at this point. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, they um, – you can't at, – at that long of a film, you can't run it in as many times of a day as you could a movie like Star Wars, which is only two hours and four minutes. So Force Awakens was two hours and four minutes. This is three hours and two minutes. So every two movies, you lose a viewing of the movie. Yeah. So I'm really curious as to what box office is going to be. So they made, Warner Brothers made Zack Snyder shorten Batman vs. Superman by half an hour so it didn't hit the three-hour time limit so they could air it more in the theater. Yeah. And people complained about the edit, and that's why we got the director's cut. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Avengers is going for the three-hour time limit because they probably don't have a choice. They probably can't cut it down. We're not getting a director's cut of an endgame. Um, yeah. So I, I'm curious how box office dollars are going to be affected by the fact that the movie is as long as it is because you can't air it. Yeah. I feel like it's... The movie's going to make a billion dollars. Come on. <laughs> but you see my it's, point. It's such a sure bet with this one as opposed to Batman v Superman. I know. Warner Brothers didn't know I know, but sure when you bet, talk yeah. about when you talk about length of movie and, you know, when they yeah. say, hey, we're going to shorten it because we know we have to, we want to run it more times in the theater to make yeah. more money. I mean, the movie's going to make a billion dollars. Easy. I mean, I'm if, just saying. if anything, I hope the movie makes a billion dollars and studios start saying, like, okay, we'll let longer movies get into theaters, you know. I, I always right. like to see the studios having less of a sit, like, less control over the directors so we can get more of, like, their artistic vision. So, yeah. Yep. We'll see how it goes, but... It's crazy. I look forward to the whole event and madness of it. I know. So. Well, I got my ticket, so I <laughs> I can breathe for the next few weeks. Because um, we are we're very close to moments away from this movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. Well, we have three trailers to talk about. One, I have a lot to say, so I'm going to save that one for the end. Um, Interesting. But. Uh, We'll talk about these trailers real quick, and I only saved these trailers. I didn't want to talk about them previously because I was waiting for you to come back so we could talk about them. And I did have a weird uh, thought in my mind the other day when I was driving home from work. We review trailers a lot. Almost more than we review movies. (laughs) That's true. I think it's weird to review a movie because I'm worried about giving a spoiler Mm-hmm. Where a trailer, I feel like I can just talk about a trailer and we can be excited about it. It's just weird that we go through trailers faster than we go through movies. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, did you see the trailer today? <laughs> like, I didn't have to buy a ticket for it. I could just sign into the computer and go. Down. Sometimes the trailer's more, there's more excitement around the trailer than the movie. Um, did you ever see the Conan the Barbarian reboot with Jason Momoa in it? Uh, was that Conan or was that Hercules? It was Conan. It was Conan. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. The Rock had the Rock did Hercules, yeah. So when that Conan Conan the Barbarian movie came out, the trailer dropped and everybody is super excited. Like, oh, it looks so badass! This looks awesome. Everybody at my work was talking about it, watching the trailer. The movie came out and nobody (laughs) saw it, and it actually wasn't that good. So it's just kind of funny how that whole that played out, and it's just funny how that works sometimes. Right. No, I just thought it was I just thought it was interesting that we were like talking trailers more than we do movies. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, we got three trailers to talk about. Uh, first, let's talk about the Stranger Things trailer. Okay. Um, did you see it? I now, watched. For people, sorry. Yeah. For people who are 
super into this movie. I am not going to talk spoilers at all. I'm going to try and be very vague for my opinions about this movie because I know people are really anal about spoilers for this like they are with like Game of Thrones and whatnot. Yeah. So um, tell me what you tell me what you thought. So it's been a week or two since I watched it, so I don't remember a ton of details, but I really liked how this one seemed... The main focus of this trailer was kind of all the characters how their relationships have progressed, where they are now. It yeah. didn't focus a lot on the sci-fi stuff, which was kind of cool because it didn't show too much that I think would ruin something for the show. So, and that's what I was that's the one thing I was going to point out about this trailer is that it really kind of basically gave it was a trailer to say, "Hey, this is where your friends have been. Mm-hmm. Let's catch you up." Yeah. And you're just enjoying this trailer and you know something horrible is going to happen because it's Stranger Things. Um, my one criticism of the trailer is there's a thing they show you at the end of the trailer that I wish they didn't show us. <laughs> because that would have been a cooler surprise. It, like, that, yeah. it, you don't need that to be a surprise. I just feel like that would have been better to see upon viewing the show the first time through. I, as opposed I to. kind of want to see, like, I kind of want to look back on the, stra- the Stranger Things first season trailers because the second season, or Stranger Things 2, whatever you want to call it, did show the big monster. Like, it did show a glimpse of the big oh, baggie. Okay. In those trailers, so I'm wondering if this is something similar. But I feel like this I'm wondering was more if we saw something completely different. So, and you are right; it is a very clear, crisp shot of clear, crisp. So, it wasn't like yeah. vague at all. It was whoa, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, and then one thing I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And at the same time, like maybe it would have been cooler if I didn't see that. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, I guess. <clears throat> You could look at it like the second season you did get catch a glimpse of the big baddie, but you all, they didn't show you the army of demi-dogs that we got in the actual season. So I'm hoping that from what we've seen from this trailer, there's still a wealth of other yeah. cool, crazy stuff. who knows? What we saw stuff. might not be the big bad. Yeah. You know. So, anyway. Right Stranger on. Things looked great. So. Mm-hmm. Um, is that all you had to say about Stranger Things? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is... Stranger Things might be my favorite TV series ever. I can't wait for season three. Oh, nice. okay. I don't have a lot to say for the trailer, and I think that's good that I don't think they showed too much. So. Sure. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, let's this talk is, about this it. This is a movie that I am very, very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new Tarantino film coming out. It's going to be about the Manson murder, um, but the trailer released... And from the trailer, if you didn't know it was about the Manson murder, I don't know if you would know it's about the I Manson was going to say this, because I, <laughs> I saw the trailer and I was like, wasn't this supposed to be about Charles Manson? Like, where does that stuff all come in? But, right. Now, well, that's the thing. It doesn't look like it. And I think it's cool marketing, because I think a lot of people will see the trailer and go, this looks cool. It's a new Tarantino movie. I'm going to go check yes. this out. And then they're going to be, like, all surprised. So it's just smart marketing. Yeah. Um, but the trailer looks great. The cast looks awesome. Like, everything in it just makes me go, man, I want to yeah. see this movie. Uh, but I was in already. I was like, I mean, full bias opinion. I was into this movie regardless mm-hmm. of what it looked like. So. I will say one thing. So I'm not like a, I wouldn't call myself a diehard Tarantino f- fan. Like, I really like most of his movies I've seen. I haven't seen them all. Um, but one thing they did in this movie is Quentin Tarantino is more of a uh, experimental director than a lot of other people in the way that he uses different filters 
within one movie he switches to yeah. black and white yeah, and yeah. he uses crazy text on screen and stuff. In this movie they did even in the trailer have shots where it changed between black and white and color and stuff like that. But what I was left with was it still felt really cohesive and of that time period, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there's a part in, uh, oh, what's the movie? Uh, Inglorious Bastards, when they first introduce the bear Jew, and uh, he comes out, and there's a flash of text on the screen that's very bright and, like, pop art and fits more with, like, a 60s or 70s aesthetic, and then, like, funk music starts playing in the background. Yeah. And I was watching it, and some people loved that, but in that movie, that, like, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because I was like, I wish he picked something that felt fit more in with the 1940s it's, stuff that was going really on. It's really funny that you say that, because that's the one, that is one moment in the movie that threw me off guard, yeah. too. And that's only because all the stuff leading up to that moment was just so, like, amazingly World yeah. War II stuff. And that's, like, I guess... It worked for some people. For me, at that part, it took me out of the movie, and I also thought it like, was just for a brief moment. Yeah, but but I also felt like they could have he could have played some or he could have used like a font on the screen that was like more like '40s newspaper style or propaganda right, art, right. and like maybe played some bombastic swing music in the background, and it would have worked better for me. So I like that this trailer, everything kind of felt like it really fit in that time period, while also being off the wall tarantino stuff i right. mean that's kind of my thoughts on it so far um looking forward to it <laughs> yeah. all right well um so let's talk about the joker movie all right let's do let's okay, do it because this i have a lot to say about um interesting so, uh first give me your thoughts on it and before i like go rattling on okay so i'm gonna go because i'm gonna go off on a tangent so i want to give you your chance to talk because i saw this trailer um I, at the same time, I think it looks good, but I also don't know how to feel. I feel like it didn't show a lot that happened, but at the same time, I felt like I watched the entire movie. But it, I don't know, it's really hard to, I really don't know what to say about it. Like, it looks good, but at the same time, I watched it and I was like, if it wasn't about the Joker, would I have the urge to go see this? I'm not really sure, and I think it's just because... They didn't show enough of specific things happening to really, like, you know, get I'm, my appetite going. I'm honestly really glad you said that because now I get to go off on my tangent and rally against the, some of the comments I saw online. Okay, interesting. <laughs> um, did you have anything else to say before I really go off here? Uh, you can go off. I mean, I'll probably right. have more to say as we go. Okay. But So... I understand what you're saying about the whole, if you didn't know it was about the Joker, if it wasn't the Joker, yeah. would you want to see this based on the footage they showed? And it, it, it looked like, it looked good, but it also looked like, I don't know if I need to see this, I Th guess. And that's fair. Yeah. Um, and that's a fair statement to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, going into this movie, no one had any idea what this was supposed to be. No one really had any clue. Was there like Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker? What about Jared Leto? What the heck? What are we like trying to recreate the, you know, Heath Ledger stuff? What's happening? What's going on? Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. What's going on? Who's, no one knew anything, but we know we're going to do a Joker origin movie. Okay, this is weird. <laughs> now, from the photos we saw before, it made me think, and because they said they were going to kind of focus on the failed comedian aspect to be becoming the Joker, 
it made me realize, and I talked about this on an episode a long time ago, about how I thought this was going to be a... Uh, they were going to use the Killing Joke story by Alan Moore as kind of like the basis of inspiration for this film. Mm-hmm. Like take the Joker stuff out of that story and use that as the template for what they're going to do with the whole failed comedian turned crime lord thing. So this trailer comes out and as soon as I heard his laugh, I was sold on Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. As soon as I heard the laugh, that's all I needed. And then I started, and then I watched the trailer a second time. There is something special about what's going on here. Something very special about what's going on here. And I'm not talking just on his performance. I'm talking about his performance. I'm talking about the screenplay. I'm talking about the filmmaking. There's something here. This is a teaser trailer. So with that being said, there's not a lot for me to go on. What I do know is this movie looks like it's going to be a very dark deep psychological dive into a character that has been the most unpredictable character in comics history. Yeah. And no one's ever tackled in this way. Can I say I got that, but I didn't because I felt like there wasn't enough darkness in the trailer. I felt there was way more darkness than I was expecting. That's interesting. Like I, what was dark in the there trailer? Was, it was, it was him. Like it was him like, looking in the mirror at himself, playing with his face and the makeup and, Seeing that something horrible is gonna, it's it. This is a this is something tr- very tragic is gonna happen to this character. That's yeah. gonna turn him around into the dark, and you can see that transformation in this teaser alone. It's incredible how they cut this trailer together, um, but we don't know enough about what's really going to happen. So. Because just b- simply based on this, I mean, I could be completely going off and defending this movie, and no. it could be a horrible film. Okay, <laughs> I, I know that. I don't. But... I don't think it's going to be a horrible film. I think for me, I just didn't see enough, and I didn't see anything that gave me that dark feeling because it didn't show anything dark happen except for stuff that happened to him. But it never showed like a turning point where. Joker does anything dark or sinister or anything like that. Maybe I missed it and maybe I need to watch it again, but that's kind of... And that's kind of of fair to say. What I do know is that there are people... There were reviews out there, like, destroying this trailer. Okay. And ripping apart the movie and saying it was... (laughs) Saying that this looks boring, this is dumb, why is this even happening... And I'm going to say this. You can't, like, yes, I'm kind of prejudging a movie right now by saying I think it looks amazing. Yeah. But you cannot prejudge a movie and say this is going to be boring and a piece of crap movie. Yeah. Without seeing it. We are basing opinions solely on a teaser trailer. And where I've always, and I've said in the past that DC movies, I think, get an unfair criticism for whatever reason. I'm talking to you MCU fanboys that there is another side of the coin here. And you have to view these things as a whole. You cannot just go, this isn't Marvel, I don't like it. Because I feel like that happens way too much. Um, This looks like there's something special going on. Yeah. And that's what I saw. And and it was probably about maybe, I don't know, a third of the way through the movie. I'm like, this is something really unique. mm -hmm. And this is something they haven't... No one else has tried doing before. Yeah. Well, and I kind of want to clarify too, like... I don't think it looks bad, and I'm going to see this movie. Like, the Joker is possibly my favorite comic book villain of all time. Like, I think he's amazing. I am definitely going to be there. 
this trailer, I don't know if it sold me just because I don't think I saw enough, but then at the same time, I also don't know that that's a bad thing because I kind of don't want to know anything right. going in. Um, the other thing is, like... There might be stuff that they can't show us in yeah. these trailers. Like, they, we don't know if Batman's going to be a part of this. Yeah. You know? And that's the other thing is, like, just because, like, I don't know if I was wowed by this trailer isn't necessarily a bad thing. I was just talking about how... The Conan, the most recent Conan movie had an amazing trailer, but I didn't like the movie that much. Right. So I'm not trying to like bad talk. No, it. I, just, I don't think you are. I don't. From this one trailer, I don't feel sold. I'm going to be there anyways, but I just don't. It didn't get me as excited as I thought. Oh, I, and maybe I needed to watch it again and stuff like that. But I was really excited. And the fact that we're going to see this on a psychological level, where which is something that I don't feel like Marvel does if you want to play the marvel slash dc coin i don't feel like they do a psychological deep dive with their characters the way dc tries to do um so and i there's probably marvel fanboys screaming at me right now like you don't know what you're talking about but in all seriousness name a marvel movie where they've done a psychological deep dive on a character yeah and i don't think you can name one um people might say people might say iron man one but in all seriousness that was not a psychological deep dive um, this is a character whose whole, like the Joker specifically, is a character whose entire existence is based off a psychological problem. And he's he literally is a psychopath. And yeah. you don't have that. Now, when you look at the different takes of the Joker, whether it be Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, Jack Nicholson, Cesar Romero, Mark Hamill, like all these Jokers, there's always a different take on the Joker. And this doesn't look like they're trying to recreate the Joker. It doesn't look like they're trying to do something that someone's already done. But it's, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like they're trying to do something very unique with it. Yeah. And when you look at a writer from one comic book story to another comic book story, everyone has a different take on that character. Everyone has a different take on Batman. Everyone has a different take on Spider-Man. When a different writer starts a project, they have a different take on the character. And I welcome seeing all of them. I want to see all of them. So. Yeah. I mean, the more you're talking about it, the more excited I'm getting for it. I just, uh, yeah, I just. I, I guess I'm going to say go watch the trailer again. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. wow, I was mm-hmm. I was blown away by it. And yeah, it's just a teaser trailer. I'll pass judgment when I see the full movie. Yeah. But from the teaser trailer alone, I'm excited. It looks really great. So um, one more piece of news and then we're going to talk top five stuff. Sounds uh, great. In terms of playing the Joker. I'm not sure if Suicide Squad's a reboot anymore. I'm really confused as to what's going on. James Gunn's Suicide Squad, how they said it was technically a reboot and I not a so. sequel. Yeah. Okay, so is it? Jai Courtney's coming back to play Captain Boomerang. <laughs> yeah. Margot Robbie's apparently coming back to play Harley Quinn. They're replacing Will Smith with uh, Idris Elba as Deadshot. Yeah. Okay. And then Jared Leto is apparently rumored to make an appearance as Joker in the Birds of Prey movie. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know what's happening. It could just be misdirection from DC. All I know is I'm excited for all of it. Yeah. So I like either way. I like the misdirection. Like I've I say it all the time, but like movie studios like misdirect. Stop releasing too much news. We don't need to hear it. Just yeah. Well, misdirect I mean, the crap in, out of us. In the, as far in the as I'm world concerned. of the internet, maybe the movies need to stay away from the internet and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let us banter and then enjoy the movies because that might. Yeah, adjust things. Um, you ready to talk some top five lists? Yeah, fine. Right, great. Um, so we're going to talk some top five. This is the first time listening Let's to do us. It. Uh, we're going to talk top five. If it's not your first time listening to us and you're coming back, uh, you know what that means. So, Ryan, roll the thing. And now for the top five. 
All right, Peter. Yes. You have been away. So you have some lists to catch up on, and we're not going to go deep into it, but we are going to... Um, I'm going to have you rattle off some stuff so I can put them on a fancy spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say um, it was tough listening to episodes while I was gone where I couldn't have my say on certain issues, so I can kind of uh, uh, empathize with the audience a little bit there. I will also say that when Scott was on the episode, I felt way more argumentative. I think that's just because of how our relationship is. But uh, I'll go through it really quick. Well, how about this? Let's start with, so the first episode you were not on was least favorite Marvel character. Yes. And uh, a friend of the show, Bryn, was here. So um, this, yeah, do that. This one was hard. Um, so I don't have any honorable mentions, that's but fine. I do have five. Uh, I'll just read them off really quick. Give me a second so I can type them. Uh, I'll type them onto the spreadsheet. <laughs> Sounds so good. Read them off. Uh, Squirrel Girl. Uh, I like the idea of Squirrel Girl, but I just, I think the fandom kind of bothers me and kind of how she's portrayed. I don't get the, I don't get um, Squirrel Girl at all. So Coulson, I'm with you. I, do, I never got his appeal. When he died in Avengers, I thought that was okay. He didn't have to come back. Cyclops, for no other reason that he's, like, kind of a prick, and, like, I don't <laughs> like his powers a ton, but to each his own, whatever. Sure. Uh, Storm, I agree with you, mostly because uh, I think she has a lot of bad taglines and stuff that she says. They're I, all bad taglines. <laughs> I do love um, Mohawk Storm, though. I think she looks really cool with the Mohawk. And then uh, my last one I'm going to get a lot of crap for, but Daredevil, I just, I never liked him. That's I never fair. liked his powers. So. That's fair. Um, all right, so the next list that you missed out on was the one I... It's the show I was on by myself, and I talked director Ooh, cuts okay. yes. that um, you should... Uh, that everyone should check out. For sure. Um, I actually only have two director cuts, and that's uh, Deadpool 2, the super-duper cut. Oh, I think that movie's yeah. really fun. It adds a lot of jokes, but they <laughs> are just as consistently funny as what made the theatrical cut. Another one, which I don't think you talked about, was... Have you ever seen the Mallrats director's cut? No. Okay. There's a Mallrats director's yes, there, cut? There, there is a director's cut of Mallrats. And there's this entire beginning section of the movie where uh, T.S. was at... Um, it was something where he was at a college, and he got involved with this fake, like... Governor, governor assassination plot, like the governor of New Jersey or something was going to be assassinated, and somehow like TS got blamed for it. This is this is for one hundred percent real. I'm, I'm disappointed then, uh, in myself for not knowing that there's a mall red. Yeah, it's this weird like it it's right this now. weird like twenty minute beginning that they left out of the movie. Um, if you go back, like I read an interview with Kevin Smith about it once, where he talked about. There was actually an Entertainment Weekly article that came out about Mallrats, and they talked extensively about this whole, like, assassination plot aspect of the movie, and it never made it into the theatrical cut. So I thought that was really funny, but if you like Mallrats, definitely check it yeah, out. Yeah, I is, will be finding that movie. So it's very it weird. I have the director's cut on DVD. I can loan it to you if you want. Okay. Um, Do you... So you, you only had two... Yeah, I have three honorable mentions of director's cuts that I really want to see, though. Of course, the Zack Snyder cut, but uh, we also forgot about the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. I think... I've seen it. Well, I think, and a lot of people think that well, David know. Ayer had a different vision for that movie than actually came oh, out. So I'd is. love to I've see it. I've seen the extended edition. Yeah. So if the David, so in yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It, and 
I don't know if either of those cuts exist. If they do, I want to see them. And then uh, the other one is uh, Rogue One. Like, there's so much deleted footage that they cut out of that yeah, movie when you look at the I original hear, yeah, trailers. But from what I understand, that's a cut that doesn't exist. <laughs> so, I hear what you're saying. It could exist. All right. <laughs> so, uh, the final list that you missed out on was... Um, Greatest uh, swordsman in film and tel- in yep. pop culture medium. Okay, awesome. Uh, so this one I'll try to go through quick. Um, first honorable mention is Alucard from uh, the Castlevania series on okay. Netflix. Dude uses he's got such a sleek fighting style, but he also uses like magic and level levitation to throw his sword around. It's awesome. Uh, another one is Jack Sparrow. That's my next honorable mention, just because I like his character and kind of his sloppy but good fighting style um otherwise on my list i've got beatrix kiddo i agree with you guys about that one uh oh the man in black from princess bride uh guts from the anime and manga berserk if you haven't checked it if you haven't read that it's awesome it's kind of like game of thrones mixed with like evil dead levels of gore or something it's awesome uh darth maul definitely my favorite uh jedi and star wars character or sith i should say and then uh deadpool also made my list so all right and there we go (laughs) okay well that puts us on 2018 movies and uh we're like much farther in than i thought we were um I don't want to go too long um (laughs) so when we do 2018 movies so this is a year so it has to be ranked (laughs) Um, so the, oops, this is a year, so it has to be ranked. Um, with that said, this goes all the way back to our very, very first lists because we're going to compare. Time to contrast and compare what we had. Do you remember what you had? You know what? I had it all written down and I threw away that sheet, (gasps) but I think it's a good (laughs) thing. I keep track of all our lists. I didn't realize we were comparing as much, but yeah, yeah, let's do it. The way I look at it is this. is So when we started the show, we did um, – the first list we did was top 2018 movies we did thus far and so far because we started the show in the middle of 2018. So let's yeah. do our favorite ones. But now we're at the end of 2018. Yeah. And it's time to look back at that year and go what we really like and how <laughs> to compare. With that said, at the beginning of 2019, we did a anticipated movies we're excited for. So we're excited for those movies. So at the end of 2019, we're going to look back and say – how did our list stack up to what we were really ended up liking a lot? So I'm going to read these off and then we'll discuss. Okay. So at the beginning of the show, when we, the very first episode, uh, so it was middle of 2018, movies that we, movies that we liked the most, the top five movies that we liked the most, your list was Tomb Raider, Pacific Rim 2, Black Panther, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Deadpool 2. Yep. Sounds about right. My list was Black Panther... Deadpool 2, Solo A Star Wars Story, Avengers Infinity War, and Ready Player One. Yes. So has your list, just without saying it, changed a lot? Yes. Okay. I would say so. I feel like mine has, and it hasn't. Um, So here we go. Um, 2018 movies. Um, I didn't read our honorable mentions because there was no need to. Um, So do you have any honorable mentions? Yes, I do. Alrighty, um, fire away. Okay, cool. So uh, my first honorable mention is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, so, really? This movie caught me by surprise. Um, I really enjoyed this one, and uh, 
just because of its popularity, I've watched it with a lot of different groups of friends, and uh, each time I find myself drawn in, uh, I think they did a really good job of, uh, you know, displaying now, Queen's story, even now, though they in terms of reviewing, lot, In terms of reviewing, almost every one of these movies I feel like we've talked about at now. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, that's so what I don't want to do, I don't want to do heavy reviews. Fair enough. So, but, go ahead. Okay, so uh, keep that in mind. I don't want to do heavy reviews for yeah, this because we've I mean, talked about 2018 movies a lot. I just had a quick 500 word review of Bohemian Rhapsody. I wanted to get through first. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, but Bohe- I guess the point I was trying to make is I've seen it multiple times and I still like it every time just as much. Right. So. I feel like the movie that we should talk about the most is the number one on our list because <coughs> we had to rank these. Fair enough. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, you don't have any honorable. Oh no, you or? said you had two. I just figured no, that's fine. I can go. I can hit one. <laughs> of my um, it's really funny that I say this, but tag. Okay, interesting. Um, the movie's just fun. It was worth mentioning. It's a really fun movie. Everyone should see this movie. When I found out it was a true story, it made me laugh even more, and it made me want to play tag. So it does not make the cut in any aspect. It was just I wanted to be an honorable mention because I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was kind of a golden gem that came out of 2018 that i think i don't okay I, you don't want it to be forgotten about kind of thing yeah it's you know so. nice um so that would move on to my next one yeah. uh which is venom oh so venom's okay. my next honorable mention uh we've talked about it ad nauseum but i think this movie's great and it's really fun but it's also really weird and you don't always see that in theatrical movies nowadays so that's, yeah, that's a good point mm-hmm. um so and then my final honorable mention is aquaman Okay, awesome. Um, when I was putting this list together, I thought Aquaman would make a higher tier, but uh, when I think about why the other movies made it into the top five for me, um, Aquaman had to take a back seat. And uh, what I love about Aquaman, though, is that it, sh- it was they showed me a movie I'd never seen before. Yeah. And it's really because it was underwater. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like a legit underwater movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, I was actually, I was watching it uh, with my wife. She was watching it for the very first time, and she made me stop. Like, the first actual underwater scene, she made me stop and rewind because she was trying to figure out how they did it, as opposed to paying attention to the dialogue. (laughs) Okay. She's like, I don't understand how they're underwater. How is this happening? And that made me, like, really like it more because... Mm-hmm. It fooled somebody for a moment. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's the, you've never seen a movie like this, so... Yeah. Nice. All right, so Aquaman, uh, your first actual pick, your okay. number five. So my number five, um, I actually just switched to this, <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to go with Solo, A Star Wars Story. So this movie's great. I had so much fun with it. It's an awesome addition to the Star Wars universe, and I think it's just, I don't think it's as memorable for me as some of the other movies that came out this year, so otherwise I think it would be higher, but... Yeah, Solo definitely made the shortlist, but it did not... Oh wow! My top okay. five, but my, yeah. So. And you call yourself a Star Wars fan? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I love. Look, I loved Solo. If I have to be the Star yeah. Wars fan and defend it, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt while we're talking. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I I absolutely loved that movie, and I think it deserves way more attention than it got. But um, when I had to stack it up against my actual top five, it had to take a back yeah. seat. So. Um, so, uh, my first pick is Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, wow. Um, so, for my number five pick, Bohemian Rhapsody, it's, it's a, it, it is a near-perfect film. And I don't say that a lot. Um, it, it, everything about that movie is incredible. And it is such a well-made 
piece of film that I had to that that's why it makes the list. Mm-hmm. So we I you know we talked about it in like previous episodes <laughs> and stuff like that and you kind of went off a little bit so yeah. I agree with all that. It's it, yeah, it's a near perfect film for me. So, nice. Uh, um, what do you got? Okay, so my next number pick four is uh, Ready Player One. So oh. this movie, it's um, playing in the sandbox. It's playing with all your favorite action figures at once. That's the feeling you get from it. I just love the world they created. I love popping this movie in and absorbing myself into that world. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Very cool. But, yeah. I, I don't know. I here's the thing: if we match on these and they don't match in the lineup. <laughs> You gotta save your thought. I feel like yeah. I, I feel like when we're actually ranking like a year, we should save our thoughts if we make. That's up. a that's a very so. cryptic comment. It may be. <laughs> um, so my next pick is Avengers: Infinity War. Okay. This, it, when you when I stack it up into the Marvel films that I've seen as of right now, it is it definitely stacks up as one of my absolute favorites. Um, the story is incredible. The ending is incredible. This is a movie that has completely shaken the core of, like, the film industry to do mm-hmm. anything of this caliber. Like, the, the MCU is a giant, like, film <laughs> experiment, if you will. Yeah. Because um, no one's ever tried this before. 22 films to tell one story. I mean, that's incredible. And they don't all look like sequels, and you don't know. And then you're realizing that... Marvel has become a television show. I've said this before. You have to see one movie before you see the next movie, and you can't see that movie before you see this movie, and so on. Like, all the yeah. stuff is lined up. Um, but Avengers Infinity War, it's amazing. Top to bottom. It's amazing. And it's a ride, and you don't know what's happening. And then when you get to the end, I'm now, like, nervously sick to my stomach because I because of what Endgame could end up being. Yeah. It's um it's kind of funny to me. Infinity War did make my shortlist. It actually didn't make my uh, top 5. I'm actually really interested in when we do top 5 Marvel movies because the way some of the movies you've talked about and like the ones that I like are I feel like are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> so that'll be really interesting well, because to me Infinity War I think wasn't it didn't hit me as hard as I think it did everybody else. I think I liked the movie, but I think I was a little bit disappointed. With that said, I am actually really looking forward to Endgame, and I think Endgame might change my mind about Infinity War, but I think the feeling everybody got from Infinity War, I actually got from Civil War. And I think that, in my mind, Civil War, just for example, is still... Infinity War, by the way, is not my favorite Marvel movie. And that Yeah, and that's fair. I, I just think, like... Civil War, because it's a big crossover movie, I still think is a better crossover movie than Infinity War for me. Ooh. And that's... I know Ooh, I know this is an unpopular opinion, no, but that's, it's just... That's an interesting opinion. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that because I want to... I do want to do top five Marvel films, but I want to wait until Endgame's over. I think it's yeah. only fair to let the Infinity story close, the Infinity Saga come to a close yeah. before we even have that conversation. And I think that's a good way to do it. Um and yeah, I'm really curious. Uh, it'll be interesting, I think. Right. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk offline about that uh, specific episode. Um, so uh, that would lead into my next pick. That I think. leads into your next Unless one. You so your number your number three. My number three is Aquaman. So oh, nice. What you were talking about, about the uh, effects in the movie actually fooling um, your wife while watching it, like. 
I watched this movie and I think I was kind of, I think I became more immersed in this movie as I expected because I saw the movie and I felt like there's one or two parts of the movie that felt a little bit corny to me. And I think that like in my mind, it made it go down a level compared to other maybe superhero films. But the thing is, I keep thinking of that world they built in Aquaman. I keep thinking about it and like, I just want to watch the movie again and go back there and like... It is such a good world-building movie that has shown us stuff that we've never seen before, and it's just... What's funny about... What I think is funny about the Aquaman world-building that you're talking about, yeah. and in terms of the corny comment you made, <laughs> yeah. is that in the Aquaman comic books, he's been the butt of so many jokes in the history of comic books for so long that when they announced they were doing an Aquaman movie, I'm like, oh man, I bet this is going to be one of the greatest comic book movies ever because they're going to do it in a way that everyone's yeah. going to go, whoa, Aquaman's cool. Yeah. Um, not uh, just aside from the casting alone, I'm looking at it going, they sh- they put him on a giant, they put him on a giant seahorse. Yeah. And they had the goofy costumes. When you look at Black but Manta, they, you're like, that's what he looks like in the comic books. And they even had a story point as to why he looked yeah. like that. But they, they put him on a giant seahorse, for example, but they still made it look like so badass. So badass. Know? And then like... It's funny because they wanted to. They basically knew they had this ridiculous world, and the only way anyone was going to take it seriously is to do it as ridiculous as it always has been, because that's how you're going to take it seriously. Oh yeah. So when you, so in the very first moment you see one of the like water commandos, it's very early in the movie, but the very first moment you see them, to me it looked weird, but they were not in their standard environment. They were on land, so I was like. So that brief moment where I came out of the movie, like, ah, oh, that looks weird. I'm like, no, take it for what it is because this is going to be a ride. <laughs> to, to clarify, like, all the costumes, the world building, the Atlantean kingdom, all that, I was all in on it. I didn't think any of that was cheesy at all. I was it like, was the very first visual. Weird, but I was like, whoa, and okay. then I was off of it, you know. That wasn't it for me. The parts that I thought were corny is, like, there's a couple lines of dialogue centered around uh, stuff like Aquaman's relationship to his mother, his mother's relationship to his father, and some of it felt a little too, like, lovey-dovey, for lack of a better term, oh. to me. Well, but, and in defense of that... They made that that part of the story was a fairy tale, and that's a that's a very good point. The what I was gonna say is like even though there are a couple moments in dialogue that I felt like were a little too lovey dovey or on the nose, the movie still immersed me in it, and yeah. I have this feeling. It's a feeling that I had back when like maybe I saw the original Lord of the Rings movies, where like I just want to be immersed in this world. I want to go back and. A couple lines of dialogue I thought were corny is not going to ruin that. <laughs> no, the no, not at all. Say, so. Not at all. Um, all right. Well, uh, my number three pick is Mission Impossible Fallout. Awesome. Definitely made my short um, list. This movie is absolutely incredible from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I do feel like you should probably see some other Mission Impossible movies before you see this one, but you still can watch it by itself. It's people... Look... Tom Cruise went out and said, if we're going to do this movie, we're doing stunts and we're doing them for real. And people don't make movies like this anymore. It's all CG, green screen, computer generated nonsense. And the internet whines and moans about how it looks fake. And Tom Cruise went out and made an incredibly dangerous film. And he did it all for real. Yeah. And 
aside from the fact that the story and the filmmaking and all that stuff is good, going into this movie knowing it's all real, it just it makes it that much more incredible. I absolutely loved this movie. I've probably seen it like three times since it came out. Um, it, I, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. I almost, I honestly, I wanted to put it higher on my list, but when I talk about my next two, you know, you'll understand. So yeah. I just, this movie's amazing. Everyone should see it. I think so. it's an awesome point you made too that like Tom Cruise is literally risking his life for his craft, like for the art of like the movies he's making. He's going through these crazy stunts and like watch the movie like. The final set piece is really intense, and it's just like, man, I don't think I would want to go through, like, what they were doing there. Well, not only um, that, but, like, so, uh, and just real quick, because I don't want to be on this forever, but uh, anything with the motorcycles, they did for real with no safety rigs. All the car chases were done for real, no safety rigs. The helicopter sequence, Tom Cruise said, if I'm not flying the helicopter, they're going to know that I'm not flying the helicopter. So he trained for two years to do the helicopter chase scene. So the stunts the helicopter does, it's Tom Cruise really doing it. And they even, if you watch the bonus features on the Blu-ray, they show you the rig that they had to build. So Tom Cruise is in full visual of all the cameras. Yeah. Like, they had to build a rig on the outside of the helicopter so the cameras were watching him, his hands, everything. So it's really him. Um, the halo jump. The So halo stands for high altitude, low open. So when they jump out of the back of the airplane, like at 30,000 feet, and then have to pull the parachute, he did that for real. Like, he had to, they had to teach him how to skydive so he could be close enough to the cameraman to get all the footage filmed. Like, it's all real. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that they people don't, like, no one makes movies like this anymore. Yeah. And, so, like, I guess, like... Very old Hollywood. Yeah. Like, new Hollywood filmmaking. And it's awesome. And, like, it didn't make my top five, but this movie's fantastic. Um, you did see it, though. Yeah. I've okay. seen it twice. And I uh, I actually think that the only reason it didn't make my list is just... I don't think I have the love for the Mission Impossible franchise that you do. Oh, that's per fair. Per se. But it was awesome. Like, it's so good. So... Yeah. Um, all right, man, your number two. My number two is Deadpool 2. Yeah. So this movie is not perfect to me. There's a couple jokes in it that I think are a little cringy, especially the dubstep ones. I think those are kind of lame. But overall, like, I watched this movie, and I just enjoyed every second of it. Like, I had so much fun just sitting there and uh, enjoying the movie. And it's one of those movies that... Yeah, it's not perfect, but I think it has very high rewatchability, and uh, yeah, it's great. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it or. I loved Deadpool too. Yeah, it just I, it made my short list. It was great. I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, I honestly don't know if I can say I like Deadpool two over Deadpool one or vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. um, either way, fantastic film. Yeah, definitely. And I look more forward to more. So hopefully, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> continues on in that thing I saw on the internet about Disney. Yeah, you know, was just a joke. <laughs> so. Um, all right, so my second movie is uh, my number two pick is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. Um, this movie is this is another movie that I'm gonna use the word perfect. Um, it's very I don't say perfect a lot for movies. This is one that um, I walked out of the movie theater and went, this was really good. And the more I think about it, the more I process it, the better the movie gets. The more I see it, the better the movie gets. When you, I mean. On one hand, you're talking about you're talking about the uh, the Mar- the Marvel universe, the Spider-Man part of the Marvel universe as is the multiverse that they created, all the characters, the way they handled all the backstories and covered everything for you, to the art 
of the film alone and the fact that everything looked like a comic book. And there are scenes in the movie that if you know comic book art, you can see how they layered stuff properly, the way comic book art is layered. And like this, it's a beautiful film on all aspects from the cinematography to the script, to the writers, to the, um, to the actors, to everything you see, everything that happens is just incredible. The soundtrack was amazing. Like the score and the, uh, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I agree. Um, so like, you said it's a perfect film and like it's not only perfect but it's also as you're saying relating to the art it's really experimental and you don't always see those two words perfect and experimental come together like they do in this movie but i mean it's just awesome like you were saying like they make it look like a comic they use cg but in a way to make it look like it was done by hand um i've seen a lot of animators on twitter and stuff breaking down certain shots of the movie and they're showing how the way it's animated is more in a hand-drawn two-dimensional way which is so far from the uh most of the cg 3d movies that we get uh this movie i thought was great i knew going in it was going to be a treat for the eyes but the story and the characters and how much I was affected by that and loved all the characters really surprised me too. So uh, this would be a great way of moving into my number one pick, which is Spider-Man into okay. the Spider-Verse. So, did you have anything else? You I mean, to say that's that's, pr- that's pretty much it. So, um, okay, very cool. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I just th- yeah. So this movie didn't make my number one, but um, I guess that. Are you, do you have anything else to say? Before, I mean, it's um, just, it is like a, there was a level of innovation too that led this to being my top pick too, is just like how much innovation and experimentation were in it, if that makes sense too. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I can say the top three movies are very close to like a very, almost a very close tie, but I had to kind of do it and innovation kind of won out for me. So, all right. Well, so, we're bringing to my one, number one pick, and because I made a weird comment later, I think everyone <laughs> knows what I'm going to say. Um, I had to do, actually did a lot of soul searching because uh, I made this list multiple times, and uh, so if <laughs> Ready Player One's my first pick, okay? And um, I did a lot of like back and forth on this. Um, Ready Player One was not my number one for many drafts of this list. Um, the movie's great, and I'm going to get into something about the movie here in a minute. But the thing that I realized was, and so not my fandom for the movie was waning. That was not the case. But I started thinking about all these other movies that I have seen since throughout the year of 2018. And I started thinking about the reasons we started doing this show. And the fact that, you know, with all the negativity on the internet and, you know, like... If you, there's there's a weird like the the weird bridge between DC and Marvel fans to where like there's some people like me who I can say you know what I love both and they're great and I want to see greatness from both sides yeah. and you know I want to go I'm so excited to see Endgame but I'm so excited for what's going on in the CWDC shows you know what I mean yeah. like I want to see it on all aspects I I defended the Joker so heavily and I I kind of yell at Marvel fanboys for not giving that movie a chance you know what yeah. I mean like it's I mean I view it. Sorry, that's just, like, a point, like, that This is a little tangent. I I feel like this point is not made enough, though. Like, I view superhero movies as any other genre. Like, it's a genre of movies which has a spectrum to it. So you can have your really dark, serious movies, but you can also have your really lighthearted movies and everything in between. And I think it's all fair game, you know? So in thinking about all this stuff, 
I was just I was flipping channels on TV the other day. I just wanted something on for background noise, and I was like, "Oh, eight Ready Player One is on HBO right now." And I flipped over to HBO just because I've seen the movie like twenty, almost fifty times. Yeah, and you know, I I was like, "This is background noise. I I know the movie so well. I'll just throw it on." And instead of it being background noise, I ended up watching it, and I realized how much this movie really affected me. And I'm not talking about just on a story level. There's an opening scene in the mo- in the very opening of the movie. Uh, there's a monologue by the main character, and he's talking about what the Oasis is. Okay, if you haven't seen Ready Player One, everyone should go see this. But um, he's talking about what the Oasis is, and he says that people can be whatever they want. They can be superheroes. They can have a different gender. They can be a cartoon character. They can be a badass fighter. They could be a samurai. They could be an adventure. Like, it doesn't matter. You can do anything. You can be anything. You can make your character look the way you want to look. But what that shows, and I talked about this a long time ago on our show, is that it shows that everything is awesome. I like Batman, and that's amazing. You like Superman, and that's amazing. There's a Marvel fanboy out there that's wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt and an Iron Man hat, and he's like, I love this, and that's awesome. There's Twilight fans out there, and that's awesome. You are a fan of what you like, end of discussion. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, and that's what that movie shows in a way that most mediums don't show. Now, when you think about that, and you think about all the references in that movie. Everything everybody loves is in that movie and more. And every time I watch it, I spot something new. And I go, oh, that's there and that's awesome. There's video game references. There's movie references. There's comic book references. It, there's tons of stuff. There's, referen- there's a reference in that movie to um, It's a Wonderful Life. And I never caught it. Like I, I mean, it's there the whole time, but I didn't catch it right away. I'm like, oh, wait, that's a Wonderful Life reference from a movie from eons ago that they threw in there because it's something somebody loves. It's amazing. And I've gotten some crap from some people saying I didn't like the movie nearly as much as you did. And what I want them to understand is, yes, I think it's a good movie, but it's the way it made me look at the world in terms of it's all amazing. The Lego movie had it right. Everything is awesome. And we should view it that way. And everything that movie gives us, you know, we should be bowing down to these film companies and saying thank you instead of trouncing on their stuff saying that trailer looks boring. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, and that's what Ready Player One taught me. And as I stacked it up against everything on there, because I think Bohemian Rhapsody is a better movie than Ready Player One. I think Mission Impossible is a better movie than Ready Player One. But neither one of those movies showed me that the internet's wrong and it's all fantastic. So all those trolls on the internet that want to hate on things that you hate, that that you love or whatever, and make you feel crappy for you liking something, they're all wrong. You're right. What you like is the most important thing. It's not about, you know, you grow up and your parents are always like, be a nice person because what matters is what you, you are like. But we live in a world today that what you like is what matters most. And that's what we need to look at. And that's what Ready Player One shows you. You know, and I, I know I'm kind of on a soapbox here and I'm talking about it, but and I'm trying to be and I know I'm talking passionately, but that's just how I feel about the movie. And when I was stacking this up, I'm like, this isn't movies I think are the best movies. These are my favorite films. And if I had to pick one movie for 2018, Ready Player One makes the top of my list just because of the way it made me feel when I walked out of that theater. Awesome. So, yeah. sorry, I kind of tangented <laughs> on that, but... You no, know, I that's... mean, 
there's nothing it's hard to follow that up um but it's really cool like those like benchmark films that actually change your life and the way you view things it's like amazing that this but it made me that, view you know? all film that way so mm-hmm. movies that i thought that i didn't like before i've gone back and checked out again going you know what i was totally wrong on my opinion of these movies do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, this movie was a good movie. I really did enjoy it. I'm a moron for being negative <laughs> at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are some movies out there that are hard to get past, but, you know, and find a silver lining to. Like, there's a uh, Batman movie with George Clooney in it that's really hard to defend, but, you know what I mean? Like, you see my point? Like, there are, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's made me look at things completely differently in terms yeah. of. You know, and when you see someone that likes something that you don't, it doesn't matter if I don't like it. I shouldn't be shitting on them for it. Like, that's what the internet does. The internet just shits all over things that you like, and, you know, you make you feel crappy about yourself, and that's not what it is. This is a situation where it's all fantastic. So, yeah, and I would go live in the Oasis if I could. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, with that being said, do you have anything you want to add to my rant on Ready Player One? <laughs> um... No, I mean, I think the Oasis is hopefully coming sooner than we think, <laughs> and uh, I can actually, I'll, I'll defend Batman and Robin a little bit. Oh, we I mean. can talk Batman and Robin in a future episode, <laughs> and I can defend it too, but there's there's a lot of that movie that's hard to swallow. So, yeah. um, so with that being said, we need to roll in to figure out what our next week's list is. Yeah. It's my pick. Um, we just got out of Comic-Con or C2E2. And uh, we, prior to going into con season, uh, we got a listener email from Henry a while back asking us if we would do the DC villain, our favorite DC villains. Um, a long time ago, last year during con season, we did our favorite Marvel villains. Um, and that was kind of a fun episode to discuss our favorite Marvel villains. So we're going to do a little comic booky thing. Henry, if you're listening, we're finally uh, catching up to your episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the beginning of con season. we got a lot of conventions starting. Star Wars Celebration's coming up. San Diego Comic Con's going to hit. New York's going to hit. Like, all the con stuff's going to happen. So um, we'll do our favorite DC villains for next week. And then um, we'll see where things take us. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Another episode in the can. Um, please check us out at our website, top5report.com. There you will find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook. You will also find our email address, top5report at gmail.com if you want to interact with the show. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, if you subscribe to us, you will hear you will not miss a single episode. And at iTunes, you can leave us a five-star review and or a written review because criticism helps us get better and it makes the words we say seem important. And so, we might read it on the show. So. And we might read it on the show. <laughs> so we appreciate any reviews we do get. Because there's a lot of people who are giving us reviews, like giving us the star reviews, but they're not writing reviews. So if you write us a review, I'll probably uh, give you a shout-out. So I appreciate that. So with that being said, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we will see you next week.